Hey there, folks. Matt Hunsaker here for the State Tax Show. Today, we talk about California's pass-through workaround for the $10,000 salt deduction cap. What do you think of those bears? Oh, there he goes. Oh. 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 If the recording ambiance seems a little different than usual, that's because I am up at the crack of dawn on the Kenai River up in Alaska recording this episode. I'm recording at the crack of dawn at the edge of the river because I'm staying in a cabin right now with my siblings and their children and my parents, and that puts us up above 30 people. And this is the only place I can go to get some quiet. The audio you heard was of us watching a bear jump in the stream and uh, catch some salmon. He seems to be having a little more success than we are right now. So I'm up in Alaska at this cabin because we built it probably 25, 30 years ago as kind of a recreational place for us to get away on the weekends. And it's now become my parents' retirement home. But they've decided after many years that it's time for them to sell the place and move down to the lower, lower 48 to be closer to family. So... We are up here having lots of nostalgic moments as we say goodbye to our childhood cabin. But hey, that's not going to stop me from getting content out to you guys. So I just want to do a quick rundown on an item that I've been getting lots of questions about, and that is California Assembly Bill 150. And that is more commonly known as California's new pass-through entity workaround to the $10,000 federal cap on state and local tax deductions for individuals. Governor Newsom signed that bill on July 16th, 2021, and it is going to be applicable to tax years beginning on January 1, 2021 and ending on January 1, 2026. So this one's got a bit of a sunset. What it does is it allows for partnerships, LLCs, taxes partnerships, and S-corporations to, and this is very similar to how it's done in other states, to pay an entity-level tax based on the owner's share of income. And then what it does to prevent double taxation is it allows the owner a credit against California personal income tax for the amount of tax that the that the passive entity paid at the entity level against the tax that would be paid on their distributive share of California taxable income. There's a few things though that the passive entity has to do to be eligible to make the election and that is the owners of the entity they have to be entirely individuals fiduciaries things like trusts and estates or entities that are taxable as corporations. They can't be publicly traded partnerships. 
and the pass-through entity, and this is one that may catch a few people, can't be required to be included in a California combined report. If an entity makes the election, they have to pay tax at the rate of 9.3% on the total of each of the, what are called consenting owners, pro rata share of, of the entity's income that is taxable in California. What is helpful about this particular election is that not everyone has to consent for the entity to be taxable. So the owners can pick and choose among themselves as to whether they want their particular distributed share of income to be taxable. The election itself is irrevocable and you have to make it uh, on a timely filed return. There's some more mechanics about how the entity pays it. There's some, uh, for a few years, there's some installments where you can pay it over uh, two installments. The important flip side after the entity pays tax is that the consenting owners of the entity that made the election, well, that they get a credit on their California tax return or else it'll be double taxation. So they do get a credit, and that is equal to 9.3% of the tax that, the, that was paid by the entity on the owner's share of income that is subject to tax in California. I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but the entity only pays tax on its California source income. Now, in some situations, a consenting owner, well, they may have excess credits. And in that case, they can carry those credits forward for up to five years. But there's a catch here in that if you are a resident, a part-year resident that is a consenting shareholder, then you may face some limitations on being able to claim other types of California credits. There's a few other mechanical nuts and bolts there that uh, we'll have to break down at some future point. Another interesting feature of this law in California is that it essentially goes away or automatically repeals itself if at some future point the federal cap on the SALT deduction goes away. That is, of course, if it doesn't sunset first on December 1st, 2026. So there you have it, the long-awaited entrance of California into the pass-through entity workaround world. My parting thoughts here, as my daughter has just walked down and is going to start making a lot of splashing as she tries to catch some fish, is that it's important to remember that if you are a non-resident and you make this election in a state that will tax at the entity level, well, you're going to have to pay tax on 100% of your income in your state of residence. And normally, if you pay tax in the other state where your business pays tax, well, then you get a credit for the tax paid in that other jurisdiction so that you are not being double taxed, or at least that double taxation is mitigated a little bit. But the hang up here is that many individuals will find themselves in a state that is not going to give them a credit for taxes that were paid by the pass through entity that they own an ownership interest in. They're going to say, hey, that was the entity that paid the taxes. You didn't pay them as an individual, so we're not going to give you a credit for taxes paid in another jurisdiction. And if that happens, then you could find yourself in a worse position than if you just did nothing. 
you'll be trading the benefit of a federal deduction for a dollar-to-dollar state tax credit. And so in most cases, that's going to put you in a worse tax position. So very careful to model this out and be thoughtful before making this election. The pass-through entity elections, though they do provide some promise to many taxpayers, are not a panacea, and for many people, they just are not going to make sense. So that's my warning there. And with that, I'm going to bid you adieu. I hope that you have a great week. We'll be back next Monday with another episode of the State Tax Show. Until then, I've got to get fishing. The State Tax Show podcast is produced by Baker and Hostetler, LLP, and is for informational purposes only. It is intended to inform our clients and other friends of the firm about current legal developments of general interest. Issues discussed should not be construed as legal advice, and listeners should not act upon the information contained in this podcast without professional counsel. In some jurisdictions, this podcast may constitute attorney advertising. Please visit BakerLaw.com for more information about our practices and experience.